0: and that's it it's over this historic 2020 nba championship belongs to the los angeles lakers the lakers conquer the bubble and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters <laughs>
2: Alright, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where
0: can you dig it? Can you dig it?
1: Hey, Miami is not the capital of California. Los Angeles is the capital of California.
0: (laughs) Miami will never be the capital of California.
2: (laughs) Hey, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where it is officially, above all else, more than any other time in the five-year history of this freaking podcast.
1: (laughs) That's so sad.
2: It is... (laughs) oh that's pretty good the lakers are the 2019 20 (laughs) nba champions not even rehearsed not even rehearsed (laughs) oh man let me let me let me say that again your los angeles lakers in orlando are the 2019 20 nba champions of the world it's lit Let's go. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. Can you dig it? Um, yes, I can. Yes, we can. Uh, I'm your host, John Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley and Tommy Alexander. And we are here as a championship-level podcast, somehow, after five years. Um, Tommy, how are you feeling above litness and whatnot? Obviously, it's hard to even... Uh, Collect ourselves at this point. It's hard to keep track of what the Lakers are doing on their IG stories, but just give me how you're feeling. This uh, level of euphoria and vindication, liberation, whatever you want to call it.
1: Definitely vindicated. I mean, we look. I I won't say I thought for sure at the beginning of the season, which is crazy over a year ago at this point, that we, you know, we're for sure going to win it. I thought we were easily in the top two teams in the West, where a lot of other. You know the media and a lot of other people counted us out. I think throughout the season, we showed that we were the best team in the NBA. And despite all that, the media counted us out. It was crazy. Like the media t- treated some of these other teams like they had were the ones who had won, like won the last ten years of championships and and all this stuff. And and it's so crazy that you know they, they Lakers came in with a plan. They got blasted from day one with the way they approached their head coach hiring. But they had a plan and they stuck with it. They had they got blasted for the way that they approached, you know, some of the things they did in free agency, but they had a plan and they stuck with it. The way they played during the season, they put their head down, they had a plan, they stuck with it, and it, it all worked out. Everything they did, you know, worked this year, and what a fantastic team. It's it's like, you know, you really it's hard, it's hard to it's like obviously super exciting, but you also it's this weird balance because it's like, will we ever see this team play again? This is one of the all time great Laker teams. And I feel like the bubble kind of took away from it. I feel like the media narratives and, and stuff going on around the finals and stuff this year took away from it. They beat some really, really good teams on neutral courts without home court advantage. And, you know, again, a thing that everybody conveniently forgets to bring up at this point, but they worked all season together. They didn't have it, and that didn't matter. Um, all-time great Laker team, and, uh, you know, it, just a fantastic season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's all about perspective, right? In some, in some ways, the bubble took away from it. In some other ways, the bubble added to this Lakers championship run because you will literally, quite literally, never see a championship team like this again, given the circumstances, given the fact that we've gone a full year with this Lakers team. Last year, around this time, we were playing preseason, you know, it's just ridiculous and nuts to even think about when you take a step back and just analyze everything that this team has been through. People are going are gonna to call that corny and whatnot, but literally through this year, so much has happened in the world, obviously, but also just to this Lakers team. You heard Jeannie Buss give that, you know, impromptu, just very uh, spirited speech to the team. You could tell the guys are getting emotional right behind her, you know, and then... You know, when uh, Anthony Davis was being interviewed about Kobe, obviously you can try and prepare yourself for that moment, but you could tell that he did not know how to compose himself or what to say. He was speechless. And yeah, one of a kind, I think, is is how you should describe this Lakers season and this team. Um, Alan, how are you? How are
3: you feeling? I feel freaking great, dude. Um <laughs> It was a weird game, though, right? Like, we already knew for how many hours before the game actually ended (laughs) that we won the thing, right? Like, I didn't think we were going to blow them out. I thought we'd come out strong. But, you know, you kind of envision yourself leading up to those last minutes and seconds thinking, like, oh, what's it going to feel like, right? And uh, the fact that after the first quarter and a half or so, we're like, oh, shit, like we're winning tonight. Like I now have an hour and a half to continue to process this um, is not how I imagined it going. I thought it'd be a little bit closer. Right. Um, So it was it was unique from that standpoint. It's nothing like 2010 against Boston, where the whole last I mean, the entire game was just scramble mode. Right. But up until the last possession, it was like, oh, gosh, like what's going to happen? Um, So it was it was super unique in that sense. But what other like more appropriate way to cap off the season uh, than for it to be such a freaking beating? (laughs) You know, like this game was just completely out of hand. We completely outclassed them in this game in particular. Um, So just digesting it from like five o'clock until now at eight fifteen or so. Uh, it's it's crazy, dude. I'm, I'm so freaking happy right now.
2: Yeah, one small takeaway, or actually a big takeaway, but it'll be lost in this game for me is the fact that Anthony Davis came out of this game okay, looking healthy, looking spry. I, I don't know about you guys. Obviously, we didn't do a podcast together about the last game. I heard about Anthony Davis' injury via the radio, so I did not even have visual aid. And I don't know if you've ever heard John Ireland do play-by-play on the radio, but he always (laughs) sounds frantic and panicked. Uh, So me not having any visual aid and him just going, Oh, no. Oh, no. Anthony Davis is, is down. It, it does not look good. I'm like driving on the freeway. You know, we're about to celebrate my girlfriend's birthday in Santa Monica, and I'm about to drive happy off birthday. the freeway. I mean, happy birthday. And I was like, oh, my God, this sounds like an Achilles injury. And we both look at each other, and I was like, Lakers fans know all about Achilles injuries. This is not just what's going to happen to this championship run. What the hell is going to happen to the rest of this franchise and this team? You've got to be kidding me. And then he was see... wearing
1: Kobe's too. He was wearing oh, these like God. those God. gold ones. Bad-ass gold Kobe's <laughs> too. Yeah.
2: I mean, add, adding insult to injury or injury on top of injury, but just the fact that Anthony Davis, he looked good tonight, right? I mean, he was running up and down. He was blocking shots. He did not look deterred in any way, but most of all, he came out of this game, scot free without any adi- additional aggravation. And for me, I'm just like, Oh, thank God. We just needed one more game. You've got, you can rest all you want now because we don't even know when the next season is going to start. Anthony Davis is here to stay for however long, you know? My biggest fear was is this reseal field... oh, that, That's a good question, <laughs> but I'm pretty, I'm, pretty sure, breaking news. I'm pretty sure he's going to resign. But my biggest fear was, you know, we just went through this whole thing with Kevin Durant last year where he had a precursor injury to the actual Achilles heel tear that was similar where they're both holding the back of their heels, right? And I was like... And he actually had time before the Achilles injury to rest and rehab, you know? And I was like, oh, we're just going to put Anthony Davis back out there and he's okay? All right, crossing fingers, I sure as hell hope, you know, he's okay. Uh, But luckily, Anthony Davis is fine. He is, in fact, an NBA champion. Uh, LeBron James has won his third title. I think he's the only player to win finals MVP with three different teams. He He joins Danny Green and Big Shot Bob Robert Ori as players who have won John three Sally.
1: John Sally <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, crazy stat also. All four of those guys have won one of their three championships with the Lakers. At oh. least at least one of them. Who
2: was the last guy you said?
1: John, John Sally. John Sally.
2: Yeah, John Sally. So Danny Green and LeBron James, uh, teammates, they faced off against each other in the finals in 2012 and 13, I believe, when Danny Green was on the Spurs. Now they've won a title together as teammates. Crazy to think about. I think Danny Green was a rookie when he was on the Cavs with LeBron as well. There are just so many narratives swirling around. Dwight Howard finally wins a championship in Orlando as a Laker the last time he was a Laker, he was ejected from the playoffs in a San Antonio Spurs sweep. This time around, he's in the locker room crying, holding a championship trophy, telling everybody, believe in yourself, you can achieve anything. I mean, what the hell is going on? Uh, Rajan Rondo redeems his 2010 finals loss with the Celtics, but this time he redeems it as a Laker, which is even better. Uh, and he becomes the first NBA player to win a ring with both the Lakers and the Celtics um danny green this is two championships in a row quinn cook gets to redeem his finals experience last year wins a championship with the lakers Uh, the lakers went from no playoffs to instant championship tommy let's let's talk about that for a second because you brought it up in our our message thread just about how that is such a rare thing to happen uh just to go from no champ no sorry no playoffs in the last seven years and then Championship! All of a sudden, how how is it how is that jarring feeling for you?
1: It's well. First of all, I just want to say one thing. I just read this crazy stat today, and I can't believe this is real. To, uh, on this day, 24 years ago, Kobe dressed for his first preseason game for the Lakers in 1996 oh, in Honolulu. Come on, come on that's bro. crazy. Shut up. Uh... <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> Anyway, um, I mean, that is just that kind of like, you know, kind of was was just wild. But like, this is like this kind of thing doesn't happen that often. Um, There were some stats that were coming out for all the stuff about, oh, you know, this is like why it always bugged me when people were like, oh, the Clippers, they didn't have time to get things together. There was just no, they're the completely new team. The Lakers had the lowest roster continuity. Um, For an NBA champion since the 2008 Boston Celtics, and the 2008 Boston Celtics were, I think, I mean, I I, I don't recall the last 12 champions, you know, but in order, I guess maybe the Cavs. No, I don't know, but the 2012 uh, or 2008 Boston Celtics were the last champion, I believe, the last championship team to win while being in the lottery the year before. You know, they Mm -hmm. traded; they were the number, they got the number five pick which ended up being Jeff Green. They traded it to Oklahoma city for Ray Allen, um, or to Seattle, I guess at that time. So, you know, it, it, this kind of stuff doesn't happen. It's pretty crazy that this team from day one was able to come in and frankly, like the first two weeks of the season, it became very clear that we have the best bench in the NBA in terms of enthusiasm and, and support and chemistry. Um, I don't know how they did it. I assume it had a huge thing to do with top-down leadership from LeBron and AD. Like those guys, both are able to put their egos aside and accept criticism, and you know, put themselves uh, put their both of their own asses on the line. And and uh, you know, it showed, and it trickles down. And this was not the most talented overall roster in the NBA, probably, but um, they were the best team, and they were the best team the whole season. I think. You know, people will say what they will about who we had to face to get here. I I feel like we would have beat any team in the NBA in a seven game series this year. It was it was a great team, um, and I, I'm just going to be so interested to see who we can bring back. You know what I mean? This yeah. is the f- first year in the entire time that we've done this podcast where there's a legitimate chance that a lot of these guys could be coming back. It's like every year we True. we've gotten <laughs> so used to this like full reset mode every year, um, including this year. And and this is the first year we might be able to build some continuity, so hopefully it happens.
2: Yeah, this Lakers team is the definition of a TEAM, a team, right? Because you pick apart individual guys and you're like on their own in a vacuum, you're like, That guy, we don't even know what the hell he can do, right? But you slot them in with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Frank Vogel and his leadership, his defensive scheme, and it's literally everything by committee, championship by committee, obviously led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But I think it's just a testament to, I think, the leadership and the culture of the Lakers organization, but also just all of the intangibles, how important all of those intangibles come into into play, especially with such a tumultuous season like this one, on and off the court, you know what I mean? And so uh, to get back to your point about Uh, this Lakers team mirroring the Celtics of 08, I think you're right because the Cavaliers, even when LeBron James came back, uh, he still had that one-year ramp-up with Kyrie Irving. They lost year one uh, in the finals with that team. Year two, they won and came back from down 1-3. But this is the first time where LeBron James in each of his championship travels, it's usually taken him two years each time. And technically, you can say it took him two years with the Lakers, but... Last year, Anthony Davis wasn't on the team, and we just totally missed the playoffs in general. Anytime LeBron James has made it to a new championship-contending team and made the finals, he's never won it the first year. It's always taken the second year to do it, right? When he was with the Heatles, they went to the finals, but they lost to the Mavs that first year. Everybody laughed at them. Second year, they won the championship when LeBron James left Miami with two championships to go back home to the Cleveland Cavaliers, as I mentioned, that first year with Kyrie Irving, they lost. Second year, they won in the most dramatic fashion, coming back from down 1-3. This year, this is the first time with this championship-contending roster, and there there was a lot of turnover, actually, from LeBron James year one to this one. We had the young core with LeBron, you know? Um, So the fact that LeBron James was able to take on Anthony Davis in year one and win the championship in this variety, um, yeah. I don't know what to say. It's crazy, Alan. Any anything you want to bring up?
3: Yeah, um, those are all really great points. Um, I, I don't know if I really have anything else to add in terms of just what a quick quick turnaround you know it's been. Um, I mean, I guess if you were to transport us back in time to the the young core. Plus LeBron. And, you know, if you told us, hey, next season you guys are going to win it all, um, it it probably wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to us, you know. So just having that kind of perspective now to see how far we've come is uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I even even compared to like that Boston team for them it's like okay well they had like paul pierce you know who'd been there for many many years and like that that was like the celtic identity Mm -hmm. and for us to go from like no lebron at all (laughs) to whatever it was before you know to this so quickly since kobe retired right um and even his last couple years just post achilles um that's just what the lakers do man
2: yeah Dude, Rondo was on both of those teams—the <laughs> one with the Celtics and this one with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, it's just nuts to think about that in a, in the span of just one year. And thanks to some monumental trades, just like the Celtics, the Lakers have become insta champs. And unlike the Celtics, though, you know, as you mentioned, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, uh, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo was actually probably like the young gun on that team. What's different about this Lakers team is we're building this around Anthony Davis, right? So the the runway here seems a lot brighter and longer than even that Celtics team, you know what I mean? So we won it, but for that Celtics team, it felt like the window was like, all right, we better win it in the next, we better win another one in the next two to three years. For this Lakers team, it's like, I don't know how much longer LeBron James has it in him, although 35 years old, like dunking the way he did that and one dunk tonight, the reverse layup or whatever in transition... I mean, at the very least, he's going to have a Carl Malone type leeway to this where he's still playing at 38 years old. Um, but even if he's just facilitating for Anthony Davis, the future seems very bright for this Lakers team in terms of just having a championship contending window. So that's what makes it different from even the 08 Celtics where, yeah, it's insta champions, but how much longer can we go? It's almost like, well, I don't want to put this curse on us, but it's like the Heatles, right? It's like, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Uh, we, I don't know how many championships we're going to win, but just the fact that the future is bright is, I think, something to hold on to here. Um, Tommy, do you have anything to, to add right now before I take it to break?
1: It's lit.
2: It's lit. <laughs> Dude. It's lit. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is an NBA champion. Kosta <laughs> <laughs> Kumpo. An Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo. He's a is champ. an NBA champion, but not the one you thought. Oh my goodness! Um, Jared Dudley, NBA champion. Taylon Horton Tucker, rookie year, NBA champion, but he actually played significant minutes for this team. He had a yeah. nine-minute stretch where he was like the best plus-minus guy, and actually was hitting legitimate buckets. I don't. I don't remember the last time that happened. Uh, for a guy that, th- those are pre- pretty much the only minutes he played, but he can always hang that, you know, on his mantle and say, yo, I won a championship, but I actually played some minutes and hit some meaningful buckets. That's that's so crazy, man. Uh, THT. Yeah, tomorrow you know Skip me. Ba-
1: <laughs> You're just setting up for tomorrow. Skip Bayless is going to be like, if Talon Horton Tucker played, he would have won finals MVP. It's not a big <laughs> deal. <laughs> not a big deal that LeBron won it.
2: Oh, man. Dude, Alex Caruso started, dude, from yes. DNP Undrafted. game one. Yeah, yep.
3: D League, Oklahoma City's D League franchise. It's crazy.
2: What was his? T- I feel like the plus minus. Oh, he had okay. So he ended this game with a team high plus minus of a plus twenty. The plus minus god, Alex Caruso does it again. Just incredible stuff um what else here obviously jr smith gets to redeem his moment with lebron james with the palms facing outward saying what the hell were you not looking at the shot clock to him already having his shirt off in the championship huddle um
3: deon waiters <laughs> Dion waiters
2: bubble cheese is an nba champion um danny green NBA champion again. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I don't... There we go. If I I had told you at the beginning of this season that you would trust KCP more than Danny
3: Green... So
2: close. How do you you think our season would have gone? (laughs) Like back then.
3: such a gamer. (laughs) Such a gamer.
2: Um, 17 points, 6 of 13 from the field. He has been, uh, outside of Rajon Rondo, the most reliable uh, role player on the Lakers and has... I mean, <laughs> Tommy, you probably remember when we first signed KCP and we were super lit and we're like, you know what KCP? Yeah, you, you know, know me. me. You know what KCP? Oh, yeah. yeah, you know me. Oh God, oh, yeah. it's been so long. It's been like three and a half years. It feels like four years. Um, well, look who's no, laughing fa- now. <laughs> look who's laughing now. I mean, Frank Vogel apparently. But uh, <laughs> Alan, we're going to have to have you uh, reenact Frank Vogel's uh, NBA finals uh championship awards speech because that was just perfect dad vibes his laugh at the end there you need to get the laugh down I think it's hands down a better laugh than Kawhi's ha 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 I mean Frankie was a little bit lit I think he was smuggling some alcohol on the bench already (laughs) he was sipping on some
3: champagne during halftime for sure oh yes
2: (laughs) um but yeah, KCP, what a miraculous turnaround! I think another banner miraculous, headline, just like mana from mana from right? heaven. I think another banner headline for this Lakers team can be like redemption, redemptive stories, and KCP is definitely one of those. The fact that he's been able to legitimately assume this position as a NBA championship caliber three and D guy—I mean, I'm I'm speechless. Tommy, do you have anything to say about KCP?
1: Kenny, um, we gave him a lot of <laughs> crap this year. Yeah, Tanny. Uh, we said, I, I mentioned this on a, another podcast, but I was at the Lakers game where we played Miami earlier in the season in uh, at Staples, and KCP got booed off the floor. So he's come a long way. Um, he played like crap the last few years. and we Okay, I shouldn't say that. He was fine the last few years, but grossly overpaid. And this year he made all of that up to us because, I mean, he had huge games in the finals. He was weirdly, and I would have never put money down on this before the season started, he was like our third most reliable scorer um, probably consistently in the finals, certainly, and maybe even throughout the playoffs, uh, maybe him and Rondo. So, you know, awesome series. Again, I I just hope all these guys come back next year.
2: Yeah, and you know with KCP, the narrative with him – during his time with the Lakers was he inevitably ended up with a fine stat line at the end of the year, but it was always like he'd do his damage when it didn't matter anymore, and he was just front running, and during the garbage time of the season, that's when KCP would shine, you know? So the fact that he's shining on the biggest stage right now, like literally the NBA Finals, uh, is incredible. So props to KCP, props to Tan for shutting all of us up. Uh, We're going to take it to break. When we return, we'll celebrate some more, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this game as well, so... We'll catch you then. All right, so we are back. Um, LeBron James, another triple-double, 28 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, Virtuoso performance. Uh, It was a different way of topping that ridiculous performance in the last game, Game 5, where he had a 40-point almost triple-double, and he hit like 6 of 9 from 3. Um... Yeah, let's talk about LeBron James first just because he is the finals MVP. This is his third finals MVP with a different team. And the way that he was able to rebound from a disastrous and cursed Lakers year one, injuring himself and his groin for probably the first time that he's had a prolonged absence like that to come back rejuvenated, fresh, um, even when the season was derailed multiple times by not only Kobe Bryant's death seemingly, Um, a pandemic and then social injustice that people forget that part, right? I mean, we can also go back to like the China stuff in preseason. I mean, the stuff that LeBron James has had to lead this team through has been quite incredible. And the fact that I'm just talking about intangible stuff and you look at his stat lines uh, in this finals and through the playoffs, like almost averaging a triple double, you know, hitting like 30 points a game is uh, at age 35, about to turn 36 is Ridiculous. So, Alan, your thoughts on LeBron James, the Laker champion, and Laker champion, LeBron James.
3: That's crazy. Um, You know, it's like when you watch him, you try not to take him for granted. Like, at least for me, it's like an active mental exercise to appreciate every single thing that he does. But I feel like you just inevitably get comfortable watching. And you're like, yeah, of course. Like, this is just what you expect. And, um, like, just you reading off his stat line, you know, is, like, if any other player did that who hadn't been doing it for more than a decade, we'd be like, oh, my God, this is the next whatever. But we're just so used to it. um, It's crazy, dude. Like obviously it's hit us multiple times that LeBron is a Laker, you know, he has these moments in games or these interviews or whatever it is, we're like, dude, like, this guy's a freaking Laker, um, and it's crazy how there are so many moments, at least for me, where, like, I am reminded of that in a very poignant, like, strong way, you know, and I mean, today is, like, the ultimate example of that, um, just, like, in the image of him holding both trophies with all Lakers gear on is, it's still surreal. I don't know. Like, I believe it. Like, I totally know that this is, like, reality, but it, it still does feel like kind of a dream for me. I don't know. In, in the most positive way, though. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it feels real, but it's still, like, I, I can't believe, like, this is actually happening.
2: You could literally do a million of those, how it started, how it's going with LeBron James, right? Like, yeah, so many different right. iterations of that. Uh, LeBron James through this playoffs. I'm not sure if this game was included already in basketball references stats, but 27.6 points, 10.6 rebounds, 8.7 assists, 1.3 steals, 1 block, shooting 55% from the field, actually better than his last finals run with the Cavs when he was averaging 42 minutes. He only averaged 36 minutes in this playoff run. Um, Tommy, your thoughts on finals MVP, Laker champion, LeBron James.
1: Just completely crazy. This dude's gonna be thirty-six years old in I think what, December a couple weeks or, something? or something like. that. Or yeah, no, maybe, or was maybe, it a really, couple yeah. weeks or
3: months? I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I, I mean, still probably the best player in the NBA. It seems like he's just getting better. He didn't even have that great of an outside shooting game tonight. Um, he, you know, was mostly attacking, but still put up the triple double. I mean, just completely changed. The, like came in from the you know, opening tip and you could tell he was locked in and defended Jimmy Butler from, you know, the opening tip. And I, I just, you can't say enough about him. I mean, Kobe, I think was famous for the quote of, um, I, you know, I don't know when he said this, but you know, people always asked him who was going to take over. And he said, the guy who's going to take over and, and, and take the, uh, mantle from me in LA, I'm not going to have to pitch it to him. He's just going to want it. And he's going to want to come take it. And that was LeBron. Um, he's, you know, LeBron has taken so much hate over his career and I get it it, because like, it's easy to hate somebody who's good. I mean, we had Kobe for so many years and we know it. And when LeBron was, you know, getting hyped when he was really, really young player, I hated on him, you know what I mean? But he is a phenomenal player and it really takes away from his greatness. And and it's like a bummer, right? Because it's, you can't take this kind of stuff for granted. Who knows how much longer he's going to be able to do this. Things change You know, crazy quick um, In the NBA And I'm just happy he's on our team Uh, And yeah, it's Just, like, we're gonna look back On this and be like, how did we live through this And and we didn't even, like, really bat an eye I mean, LeBron's been in nine out of the last ten Finals. That's just completely Insane, dude I mean, like, literally, we're going to look back on this one day when we're, like, 50 and be like, how did we, like, I feel like when this happened, we didn't even think it was that big of a deal. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and this could could potentially never happen again. So, um, and he might be in the finals next year. Who knows? So, you know, great season for LeBron. I thought he deserved the MVP. um, And, you know, it doesn't matter for him, I know, but he got the finals MVP and and, uh, he deserved it.
2: I mean, can you remember that first Finals um, stint that he had with the Heat versus the Mavs, and we were all kind of joking about, there was that quarter dollar joke because LeBron James couldn't perform in the fourth quarter. You know, like like the way that the Spurs were defending him because he couldn't hit a jump shot back in 2007, his first Cavaliers Finals stint, yeah. uh, just to see his journey all the way up until this point where he's like popping threes left and right from the NBA logo, Um And, yeah, I think just taking a step back and thinking about when he first came to Los Angeles and now literally, it's in print, it actually happened. It's still a little bit surreal, but they can never take away LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers, Finals MVP, Laker champion. To me, that doesn't seem real yet, but it, it is for sure. You want to put an asterisk, bubble, whatever you want to, you can't take that away. And honestly given everything that's transpired since he first signed with the Lakers, a lot of it felt like a nightmare. As as happy as we were back then, the way things transpired and sort of started to tumble through that first year, like missing the playoffs, I was like, how can you have a season where after six years you finally get LeBron James and you still don't make the playoffs? Is this ever going to happen? Is something catastrophic going to happen? And then year two, all right, we get Anthony Davis. All right, now here's the real, you know, Launching pad, and then midway through the season, like Kobe Bryant passes away, and I was like, you know what? Let's just shut this. To me, I was like, let's shut this down. I don't even feel like I want to see a championship won. You know, just from like an existential standpoint, right? I was like, is it just is this curse? Are we cursed ever since Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles? Is it just is this how it's going to be? Where no matter how close it seems like we're going to get, something wacky is going to happen that just totally you know, puts things off kilter, right? So the fact that we were actually able to win an NBA championship and they can't take that away from us is incredible to me. Uh, Led by LeBron James in his prime. um, Well, kind of past his prime, but in his prime, I don't even know. You can't even categorize LeBron James anymore because in the last decade, if he's made the playoffs, he has gone to the finals. So, um... Let's talk about Anthony Davis. <laughs> he is the second biggest component of this Lakers team winning a championship. Uh, is don't on know the if, Lakers, huh? He's on the Lakers, man. <laughs> right. I don't know if you saw my my Twitter <laughs> my tweet where I did the how it started, and then I put the Bird Rights uh, <laughs> Twitter post. They oh, tweeted yeah. out right after the Anthony Davis trade all of the things they were getting, all of the pick swaps, and how incredible the package was, and then how it's going with Anthony Davis on the podium with his championship hat and championship shirt, grinning from ear to ear. And what a vindicating feeling, right? The brow. Anthony Davis is an NBA championship. Maybe the more apt picture is, you know, how it started with Kobe Bryant and Anthony Davis on the bench for Team USA and how it's going right now, you know? Um, NBA championship, Anthony Davis got that monkey off his back. Now people are regarding him as one of the best NBA players if not the best two-way player let's make that designation right yeah he might be the best two-way player if you take into consideration how much he has changed this Lakers team defensively you saw it tonight in this game for a full 48 minutes almost you know just how dominant we were and who knows how hobbled he was but just looking back on Anthony Davis's year the fact that you can be this ultimate fulcrum on defense Uh, and show the guys. And, you know, when we first got Anthony Davis, we're like, please, God, can you please stop flailing yourself every which way and diving for balls and just, you know, treating yourself like a rag doll. But we saw why he does that and how much he fights and how much effort he gives on every single defensive play and how that trickles down to, like, the last guy on the bench, you know, and how it impacts those guys. So, uh, yeah, Tommy, talk about Anthony Davis, the Brow, NBA champion.
1: I think, I mean, it's uh, certainly between him and Giannis for best two-way players in the NBA at this point. And you could make a strong case. I mean, AD should have won Defensive Player of the Year, in my opinion. I mean, you can say what you want. Rudy Gobert, as Rudy Gobert won it, right? Yeah. yeah. He's he's great defensively. He obviously is a huge part of what Utah does. They build their whole business around him. Sorry sorry sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 thank you. Yeah, thank you for correcting I was like, that doesn't seem right. No, no, no. Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year this year. In previous years, you know, when a big man wins it, it's been Gobert. Um, Davis, our entire team, what we're doing relies on Anthony Davis being Anthony Davis, and he played like that every single game. I mean, this dude, for being an NBA superstar, leading our team in scoring and being at, I think he was top 10 in the NBA in scoring this year, um, led the league in deflections and like led the league in, or, you know, led the league in loose balls recovered. Sorry, not deflections. And, and like, those are the types of things that maybe it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but I mean, when your superstar player is doing that kind of stuff, it kind of sets the tone for everybody else. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal player, whatever we gave up, it was not enough. Uh, You know, but I I don't know. New Orleans, I hope you guys enjoy Jackson Hayes and Lonzo Wall. And and, uh, no, I'm not trying to throw too much shade. They did what they could, but it's just funny in hindsight that, you know, New Orleans made the best of a crappy situation for sure. Um, But for all the reports that came out about how this was an overpay and. You know, I can't believe the Lakers gave up three first-rounders and Lonzo Ball and Ingram for, you know. Oh, and they threw they had, they threw in Josh Hart, too, like, you know, for uh, for Anthony Davis. Whatever, throw it in. I wish we could trade five more picks, dude. You know, like, it, it's like he's worth every single one, and he's 26, 27 years old. He's going to be doing this for hopefully six-plus more years for us. And, uh, and uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, you know, not to throw shade Paul George's way. I know he uh, was a good friend to Danny Green or said some kind words to Danny Green. But it's crazy to think about how, you know, people were always framing how much the Clippers gave up for Paul George as, well, they did it for Kawhi and Paul George, you know. But that's the same concept for why we traded for Anthony Davis. Do you think LeBron James would stay here for a long time if we didn't trade for Anthony Davis? (laughs) We gave that much up for LeBron James and Anthony Davis Except we got Anthony Davis and not Paul George.
1: Yeah, shout-outs to Jeff Van Gundy, by the way, on live television last year saying the Lakers should trade LeBron James. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) gosh. I remember remember
2: that. That is so insane. Uh, But, Alan, yeah, let's talk about Anthony Davis, who I think something that we haven't talked about yet is the fact that this guy seems to be getting better. I don't know if you've seen his mid-range jump shooting this playoffs. It's oh, something it. nobody its something nobody has seen before, because if you remember, each and every round, people were like, yeah, this surely can't last. If you look at Anthony Davis's regular season, he doesn't shoot jump shots like this, so not going to last. <laughs> Second round, yeah, I don't think so. Haven't you seen the percentages?
1: Regression to the mean. <laughs> Sorry? <Yeah. laughs> I know,
2: exactly. Regression to the mean each and every time. Guess what? He kind of just kept getting better. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. To the point where my my NBA comp comparison of Anthony Davis is now a fusion of Kevin Garnett and Anton Jameson. Boom! Ultimate player, Anthony Davis. All right, uh, Alan. What are your thoughts on the brow?
3: I mean, if we go back to the beginning of the season, I believe his shooting from the outside. It was a bit off, right? <laughs> like we were like, "Oh shoot!" Like he's off to a bit of a rough start, just in terms of efficiency. Like we know he's gonna turn it around, things are gonna be fine. But that that period of time where he wasn't shooting a high percentage, it, it lasted for quite a while. It was rough. And, I
2: remember. Yeah. Yeah,
3: a- and there was no like real concern. It was just an urgency of like, "Come on!" Like we just want to see you like be yourself. Like we know who you are as a player, and um, chalk it up to nervousness, change of scenery, just adjusting, and all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, to, to think back to, like, one year ago, right, and see where he is now, where every time he catches the ball, and he doesn't even need a lot of space, you, you have just as much confidence in his jumper going in as you do KCP, um, which is just crazy. But, like, in all seriousness, um, his offensive repertoire is – so freaking advanced and again he's in his mid-ish late 20s and there's so much more development <laughs> right that like this guy um there's so much like more for him to be able to do in terms of just expanding his game even more and um you like you said he improved during the playoffs like considerably uh you you could see him responding to at least like the thoughts of him being a nice guy, as Charles Barkley would say <clears throat> Like, no one calls him soft That's for damn sure Because he was second place in Defensive Player of the Year voting Like, you can't be soft if that's, right? Like, the, the type of player you are But in terms of being assertive, aggressive I mean, we've talked about it before Um, you could see him flip that switch Right, to use, like, that sort of term And, uh, I mean, tonight you saw it He came out really strong And there was, like, a concerted effort to get him the ball Um, and and he he's just like a freaking ridiculous basketball player who is only nature. gonna get better you yeah. know which is crazy like this is not the peak of his prime like if anything he's just sort of entered his prime and he's kind of coming into his own now and when you think about what a freaking championship can do for a player like that um someone who is in the discussion for finals mvp just as far as confidence and and self-esteem and things like that going forward, um, the future is so freaking bright for that guy. And to see him on the court being extremely expressive from, like, a vocal standpoint and, like, to have that swag, to have that that type of, like, that snarl, you know what I mean? And some people be like, ah, whatever, that stuff doesn't matter. But, I mean, dude, there's, like, no crowd there. There's no one really, like, hyping you up. And you could see – just that kind of killer instinct coming from him and again like he has LeBron as his big brother right now to continue to walk alongside him for the next season or two or three or four whatever it is um the future is so freaking bright for that guy and the fact that we got him for most of the young core is like Tommy said we didn't give up enough we didn't it's crazy
2: wait I must have missed this amidst all the hoopla but Dwight Howard hit a three-pointer
0: oh right yeah he end. hit it right, right at the end. end
2: holy shit he came in for one minute <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know I, I think I texted you guys or put it on our thread because I think I was running around trying to set up and all this stuff I put Dwight Howard for three or Dwight Howard hit a three I didn't know he actually did it I gotta oh. watch the replay holy shit it was oh, like man, 20 that's...
3: 26 27 seconds left wait, something like so, that okay
2: wait maybe let's, a little let's more. hold on this so you're telling me <laughs> Dwight Howard <laughs> Dwight Howard, Howard. Who started his career coming out of high school in Orlando and left that place much maligned? Ended up hitting the last shot in the NBA Finals. He said, in Orlando. "Orlando,
1: this is for Except you." Except for the
2: Lakers, <laughs> that is so freaking nuts, dude! Like I, my, this whole game—it's that emoji of the brain explosion going off. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'd also be remiss if we didn't end this podcast talking about playoff dough. Uh, holy shit! Nineteen points, four assists, four rebounds, guy. eight of eleven from the field, three of four from three. Um, I have one last analogy to give you guys uh, for Rajan Rondo. Are you guys ready for this?
3: So, so to add on to the that kid class that the... we all dislike, right, right, right?
2: Exactly. Which was
3: already a good one. Um, Thank you.
2: But my new analogy for playoff Rondo is, you know, contrasting him with his regular season self is. He's like a, I don't know if you guys have ever watched a mysterious new TV show that's kind of thrilling and suspense-filled, but you're not exactly sure where the hell it's going through like 10 episodes, and you're just like, wait, why do I keep on watching this? Is there going to be some sort of payoff at the end? Because I don't even know if I'm enjoying actually watching the episodes, but it keeps ending on a cliffhanger. I think it's going somewhere. And the writers and producers attached to it, they have a pretty good resume from before. You know what I mean? They had some pretty good shows, but this new one, I don't know. Yeah, the dialogue's whack. Uh, it seems to be leaving you with more questions than answers at the end of every episode. And you're just like, by mid-season, you're like, this show's kind of shit. But you know what? I've invested so much time into it that I might as well just finish it out. And then by like the last four episodes and especially the last episode you get the payoff you get the twist and that is playoff rondo he makes everything else connect it waterfalls down and connects bing 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 all the stupid stuff that didn't make any sense at the <laughs> That's beginning the sound of
3: water connecting by the way exactly.
2: <laughs> bing 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 <laughs> bing No, but even, like, if you just think about even regular season Rondo's minutes, why Vogel was even playing him, now it makes sense, right? you got to give the guy some run. I know a lot of us would be like, oh, he doesn't even need to play the regular season. But that sounds really stupid. The guy needs some conditioning, even if it's just he plays once every four games, you know? Now we realize, oh, that's why Vogel was keeping him in a rhythm. If we go back to my analogy, it's like, yeah, this narrative does not make any sense, but then you see Playoff Rondo, you see the big twist at the end, and all of a sudden it makes the whole show worth it, and you're like, all right, season two, let's go. Or maybe, you know, just end it on season one like Heroes. It's like, maybe we don't need a season two, but you did your job season one. That was amazing. So there is my Playoff Rondo analogy. I like it.
3: I really <laughs> like that. That's awesome. Because <laughs> we've Thank all you. been there. We can totally we've understand We've all
2: definitely it. been there. I don't know if you guys can actually think of a, a show like that. For me, maybe it's like westworld a little bit although i think i was entertained throughout but there was a certain point where i was like i don't know if this show is actually going to be any good by the the time i get to the end but lo and behold it ended up being very good uh, but with that said tommy quickly talk about so you're
1: saying rondo's a robot
2: yeah i am <laughs> he, totally he, 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 he might be is.
1: you're right <laughs> through the last <laughs> he's, decade he's i think so um yeah. talk
2: about play doh
1: uh playoff rondo was fan- i mean he lived up to the hype right And it's crazy. It's like you said. There are certain things, and I like to think I know a decent amount. I mean, I'm not going to – I don't know if I'm an expert or anything on this stuff, but I've watched a lot of games in my time. Um, And I would have been one of the first people that – you know. I was one of the first people ragging on Rondo and, you know, I I hate this old school stuff. I don't care if he's performed in the past. He's obviously washed. You know what I mean? But these guys were confident the whole season when they signed him – you have all these old school, like James Worthy, like, oh, I think Rob Rondo is going to be the third best player. And, it, it you know, it just shows that there's, there's some intangible things that happen um, in the NBA, particularly the deeper you get in the playoffs, that you only really understand, I guess, if you've been through it. And all of these guys had faith in Rondo the entire year, and all of these champions, you know, affiliated with the Lakers and all of these champions on the team had faith in Rondo the whole season. And as bad as he looked at times, and, I mean, there were times where, you know, you could think about, like, that Christmas Day game when people were losing it. When we lost to the Clippers and Rondo, like, couldn't – it was just, like, destroying the spacing on the court. And, and, I mean, you know, there's a number of of these instances over the year. Uh, People were trashing Rondo saying, you know, when he hurt himself first day in the bubble, like, oh, that's probably a net positive for the Lakers. We would not have won this championship we, I frankly might not even have come close without Rajon Rondo on this team. Um, he, he really lived up to the hype. I, I don't know if he's going to come back next year. I know the rumors say like he was planning to retire if we won this year, but what an investment. You know, it wasn't necessarily the c- case that we were going to win last year, but we brought in Rondo and made him part of the team and and got him used to everybody in the organization and set it all up for this year when we actually had a legitimate contending team and you know, again, for all the crap he put us through last year and for all the stuff he, you know, did this year, it's it all paid off in the playoffs because when the, when the lights are on and the pressure is high, you know there's only so, so many guys in the league that you can count on, and we're lucky that we had Rondo because he didn't shy away from the moment, and he had some huge games for us, not just in this series, uh, but throughout the whole run.
2: Yeah, and Rondo was forged in the darkness, just like Kobe Bryant. So yeah. I don't know why we didn't expect this. And I want to give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back, maybe myself more so than anybody else. Cause I held out hope for playoff Rondo from the moment we signed this guy. I, I felt like the only one on Twitter, like posting his like advanced net ratings whenever he was in the playoffs and how even last season, when it mattered, even the year one, when it mattered, Rajon Rondo's net rating was pretty good. And then the trade deadline happened where the young guys were getting shopped left and right, and LeBron James was injured, and then it all went downhill from there, and Rajon Rondo was just playing like absolute crap. And I was like, well, you know why he's playing like crap. We don't have a shot at the playoffs anymore. Uh, So I always held out hope for playoff Rondo, gave him the benefit of the doubt as much as I could, but at a certain point, even this season, it got so tiring to hold up that mantle because everybody else was like, he's terrible, he's terrible. And even for me, I was like, yeah, this is starting to become a little bit of an eyesore. But I'm just glad that he ended up proving at least my benefit of the doubt right. Uh, so, Alan, your your thoughts on playoff dough?
3: Yeah, um, I think he's just the kind of guy that, Wants to be engaged at all times and is clearly fully capable of doing so But just like anything like it's a choice Right like there are some days where i'm going to decide That i'm going to be totally locked into whatever i'm doing Because it seems like it's worthwhile and it's valid right like whatever mental emotional etc Energy that i'm going to put into this It's because i think something's actually going to happen here And if that's not the case it's not that I'm going to slack off and I'm going to stop trying. But with him, it's the whole checkers while chess and checkers and, you know, all that kind of connect stuff. 3D chess, whatever. Yeah, connect for <laughs> like I feel like his mind is just working at a completely different level when situations aren't worth his time where he's invested. It's just somewhere else <laughs> and it, it's worthwhile and like it, it's legitimate, but um, it may not translate to him playing well on the court. It may not translate to a win, you know, but there's, there's got to be something going on in his mind where he is like 10 or 20 steps ahead of the game. And we're all just too dumb to understand that, apparently. So I guess, like, at least I'm, I'll speak for myself. Um, I, I think that he is that type of eccentric, like, person. And, um, you know, someone mentioned this past week about how Kobe got breakfast with him in Boston, yeah. you know. Um And everyone viewed that as a recruiting trip or whatever. And it's like, ah, oh, no, like we're just friends. We're hanging out. It's like, well shit. Like if Kobe is friends with this guy and they can connect on that type of like, intellectual level, I mean, what other kind of endorsement do you need? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, who knows what's going to happen with Rondo? Like Tommy said, maybe that's the last time he's going to play professional basketball. But uh, if he does come back and if he ends up with us, it's good to know that like our expectations <laughs> are going to be like recalibrated. Right. Um so yeah.
2: And you know, maybe sometimes it's not as complicated as it seems with Rondo because we always talk about p- players pacing themselves, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron does it, right? It's just like Rondo's more egregious because he's not LeBron. He's not built like LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's true, built true. like a 6 foot 2 dude who's like, "Yo, I know how much I have left in the tank and it literally can only be preserved for the playoffs so this regular season i'm going to use as conditioning and my mind will still be working and whatnot and i'll probably use everything as info for the future you know but i know that i only have 20 percent left i'm not lebron james so and that's kind of what you're seeing with rondo um yeah but lakers championship rajon rondo Props to Frank Vogel, man. Regardless of whatever the hell Mark Jackson was spewing tonight about how it wasn't a difficult thing for him to take this on is just so ridiculous. Let's be clear. It's difficult for any NBA coach already to have to coach any team in this playoff bubble. And then you tack on everything that happened to this Lakers team. You tack on the fact that Frank Vogel wasn't quote unquote the first choice for the Lakers. Took it up, took it with a, with a smile and a grin, you know, took it in stride anyways. Um, Huge props to Frank Vogel. I mean, there are many times even in this playoffs where I was like, I don't know what you're doing rotation-wise, but I guess we have to trust you. And we do, right? Because his defensive game plan, defense wins championships. And regardless of how eye-gougingly awful the half-court offense looked like at times, Frank Vogel always knew that at the end of the day, he could fall back on his defense and that would generate offense for us. And he was right. So... Um, You know, I think we'll end it there. Just keep it short and sweet. And, you know, we may do some post-mortem episodes just talking about more of the narratives, but I feel like that'll take time for us to just take a step back a little bit more. You know, here's some of the interviews and whatnot. But for tonight, it's lit. We are the champions of the freaking world! Let's go. All right. Um, Any last words, guys?
3: Congratulations, guys. Congratulations
2: to you, Alan. Congratulations to you, Tommy. You are an NBA champion Lakers podcaster. <laughs> I'm going to expect yes. our podcasting rings to come through, Jeannie. Send them our way. Let's go. I, honestly, we, we got some people through some, some of those rough times with D'Angelo Russell, okay? And who else was there? Julius, Ryan Kelly. Larry I mean, Ants. I feel like we deserve one of those rings. <laughs> If the ball boy gets one,
1: <laughs>
2: okay,
0: Ryan maybe Kelly we... should
1: get one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan Kelly hit a game-winning buzzer-beater shot in Japan a few hours ago. Okay, so that was a precursor How you know to what happened. I saw it Just on Twitter.
3: Twitter. Yeah, but it's crazy. What, who do you follow that even would like? <laughs> I don't know. Some random
2: NBA person retweeted it, you know, and I was like, oh, Ryan oh. Kelly of all people hitting a game winner in Japan. What do you know? It's a sign. It's, a, it's sign, a sign, dude.
3: Wow amazing so
2: with that said thank you ryan kelly thank you xavier henry thank you kendall marshall thank you chris cayman sleeping on the bench Ugh, thank you guys for getting us to Bob this Zachary. point thank you carlos boozer hold up oh, uh God. for getting us to this point the swaggy p era oh my goodness gracious. jordan hill jay chill jay chill <laughs> uh it's it's about the journey tonight, and it's about the results. Devin result. Three Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Semi right. <you>
1: trap beats. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, let's end it there. We are NBA champions. We are champions of the world. Los Angeles Lakers. Let's go. 2019-20 NBA champions. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the whole crew. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Raider interview us five stars. Get us to 1,000. I think we can do it just because of how lit everybody is being champions. So. Five stars, let's do it. And we'll catch you guys next time. This has been the Lakers Legacy Podcast, a championship award-winning podcast. (laughs) Uh, Alan, I'll catch you later. Can you dig it? Tommy. Later. Don't call it a comeback. Been here for years. I don't even know the rest of the lyrics to that song because the first time I heard it was with Derek Fisher and Kobe in the locker room.
0: Uh yeah.
2: Hey, what was the song that they were singing? J.R. Smith and LeBron James. My, I don't know what rap. Oh, I had to. But it 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 sounded pretty lit.
1: it's lit? (laughs) (laughs) What was that? I don't know, dude. It sounded pretty lit.